0: hello and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the billy newman photo podcast appreciate you guys checking out another exciting episode Ooh, a warm pad to start us off in the background um so uh, I wanted to do another podcast today to kind of do I don't know sort of a, a collection of some of the things that I've been trying to work on, uh, getting the computer stuff up and going that I've been I've been trying to do. So it's a few different things that I've been trying to, to tech, check out. Um, a lot of it around some of the stuff I was just talking about around the IPFS interplanetary file system stuff that I've been thinking is uh, pretty fun. It's kind of cool checking out some of these uh, different systems that people are creating, like DTube that I've talked about a few times. Uh, audio is another one that i've been trying to publish to, which sort of has its ups and downs in some way but then really on the other side of it is uh, some of the stuff that you can do just with the browser system or I, th- I think right now i'm using Siderius. and then there's also the ability to i guess set it up from the command line or something like that. But Sidereus, the Orion Sid C- by Sidereus. I think it's Orion by Sidereus. Seem seemingly to be the easiest way to get an IPFS node started on your computer. Windows Mac or Linux uh, which is pretty cool. So I have mine going on a Windows 10 computer over here I have it going on two Macintosh computers and I'm still trying to figure out sort of how it works I think a lot of stuff that you're putting up is going on to your local node and then it's being served out from there but I was testing it out the other day just with uh, Marina and we Like uploaded a small picture and got the hash link for it and then opened it in the browser on her computer and it pulled up the image fine it pulled up like an ebook thing that i put up there too so it's pretty cool uh, that you can find it that you can i guess even have that build out but really interesting how it works so i'm trying to i guess use that a little bit more and put up a bunch of the videos and stuff that i have up there in a way where i can use it in the long term you know I, I, my understanding of it is that it's sort of persistent on the internet and that it'll be there distributed for a long time if it, if it gets distributed properly before i think like if it gets off my note or something like that but i'm not even sure if that really breaks it or not i'm not sure yet but i'm trying to figure it out pretty exciting stuff though figuring out the distributed web the other part of it i'm trying to figure out is how to do website publishing onto the distributed web and I think there's a few tools that are going to be in development. Probably right now they're supposed to be released maybe closer toward the end of 2019. But one that I'm checking out, well, there's two of them. There's the Pico CMS, which has been used, I think, on Linux for a long time to make standalone HTML sort of CMS-based or C- HTML CSS websites through a CMS. Well, that's a lot of letters. Uh <laughs> But there's this other one, though, that is the one that I mean to talk about, which is called Publy, that I think is still in beta right now. It's a piece of software that runs, again, on uh, Mac, Linux, and Windows. I have it on my, I think, on two Macs right now that I've been trying it out on. But there's a few different themes. It's a standalone program that runs on the computer, and then you can select a, a theme And then you can go through and make modifications to that theme and add your content into it, like pictures and whatever your posts are that you want to have add to it. And then you can preview it. And it's just a standalone file architecture that it's building, like, on the computer where it's writing out the code and the CSS file that it's supposed to reference to. So it's working pretty well. It's kind of cool. I'm trying to... Uh, check it out a little bit and sort of see what kind of little site I could build with it. But the reason that I say all that is because standalone websites, as opposed to the the things that are sort of set up more like a database, like WordPress that I've got going on. I think that this, well, maybe you could do it with WordPress too. I'm not really totally sure about it, but from what I understand that the standalone just sort of flat HTML website is pretty easy to put up onto this distributed web that I keep talking about. So you can take that standalone file that contains the text and photos and code and stuff for your website put it up onto your distributed web ipfs node and then take that hash link and then open that in any browser and then that'll open up whatever website content you had there and it'll show it in the browser it's kind of a, a cool idea there's a couple limitations to it i guess on like updating the website and how that works with the hash i guess the hash remains static related to exactly the information that was that was in the file when the hash was made. And if any data in that file has changed, a new hash would be created. And so each hash that exists would be specific to a certain time that 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 site was uploaded and published, I guess. So there's some way to get around that, I guess, by using another string of numbers or letters, the IPNS, uh, which is supposed to kind of correct some of the, the network stuff around using the file system that we've been talking about a little bit. But it's kind of cool. It's just sort of some of the development tool stuff that I've been thinking about. Uh, but what I'm going to try and do is put together sort of a run through of a bunch of photos, maybe like a little basic portfolio thing that I can try and put together. Also, similarly, it's a ready-to-go site, so if it works well enough, I might try and append it to the site that I'm working you know, like my WordPress site, a sort of a piece that I sort of do maybe some kind of side project with. Maybe it'll be like a subdomain that I, I set up under... Uh, I don't know something something dot dot com as the subheading, uh, so I can set up you know some side project. I've seen people put like their photo portfolios up like that, which I could do something like that, or I could do. I don't know, just some other kind of information project altogether. Maybe that would be kind of cool to do. I'm sure WordPress and everything I have kind of going there is more than adequate to put together whatever tools I need to display on my website. But I'm trying to think of something something kind of cool to do with this uh, CMS program that I've been checking out. So it's kind of interesting stuff. I like uh, like getting into that a bit. I've been adding a different, uh, like a few different things to my website too, the the Photo dot com website, where I haven't really paid as much attention in the past to SEO and the schemes around SEO that you're supposed to try and uh, fill in when you're putting up content on the site. So there's like meta tags, descriptions, and alt tags, title tags. I guess a lot of those uh, focus keywords or focus key phrases. I've never really put much of that stuff in in the past, so I'm trying to go back through a lot of those photos and a lot of the different uh, pages and content, and add in the like links that I'd be looking for, or like sitemap links, or the different pieces uh, sort of on the website that would help me kind of link around and make it sort of a more a more full functioning interconnected website that's something that i'm, I'm kind of trying to go for and, and really i want to try and put up a lot more onto that website in a way that uh, is, is more functional and, and sort of more fun for me speaking of fun here's another warm pad to throw in there uh, but i'm trying to make my website a little bit more fun to use uh, and a little bit more fun for like people to go uh, see and check out so it's it's kind of like a limited amount of content that's up there right now man nothing to me playing piano i should learn some chords or something if, if i'm going to do that but um but as it goes on my website, there's like a few of the photos that I have there that are displayed well enough. But I really want to up that so that the, the photo display is really in its most interesting and like highest level that I could probably get it to. And I think I can we can get pretty close to uh, to getting like a, a handful of different portfolios. the sort of are a couple of different selections and kind of showing stuff a little better than it shows right now. And I also want to try and put up some more uh, like business stuff too like uh shops and products that are for sale and uh, different links out to content locations where things are a little bit more thoroughly put together that 's sort of something i 'm trying to hope for but that 's all separate from the distributed web stuff that 's all kind of more for fun where uh, it seems like only like a couple thousand people are. Are using and publishing stuff to the distributed web sites right now. Like I've been on DTube a bunch of the day, and I've i just been trying to like upload a bunch of the videos that I've had over on YouTube. So I'm just trying to cross post a bunch of those to to DTube and see how it's working. And it's interesting to try out. I really can't tell if anybody's seeing it because I don't think there's a view counter really it's showing information like someone's viewing it or maybe sometimes it gets a comment or some, some interactivity set. So that, that's probably some proof, but just as like a regular view goes, I don't really see any information around it there. Uh, but I'm trying to look at like all the videos that are being uploaded. You can just gotta go to a feed and it says new, you know, it's all the videos that have been uploaded in the last three hours. And you can just see a list of them. So like on YouTube, it would just be like a, a ridiculous flood of stuff coming in. I think like every minute they get more videos than you can watch in a year. You know, there's just some ludicrous stat like that on this one you, you just see like oh the last hour there's been like four of my videos and three videos from somebody else and a few videos from some other people so it's still like real bare bones kind of early days it seems like but it's kind of fun trying to put up some videos and uh and try and uh, just check out the service see how it works and i'm um, also trying to figure out a little bit more of like how how well it's different than the t- I, don't know. I I just don't understand it very well i don't understand how like d tube works as a decentralized location. it seems like you log in but you log in with like this cryptographic key that they don't have like at a centralized location and I just don't understand that like what like um it's just it's just weird How how does that work how is it like not on a server somewhere all these videos so I put up probably like thirty videos or something on this uh this d two page for my account Billy Newman and yeah it's going interestingly so far but i'm going to try and get a bunch of those collected so that i can go around and uh put a put a bunch of those links out in some places too maybe maybe on my website or online and some social places or something like that too so i can get the word out about it but that's also that's what that's a trick right now with it too is that there's really no search engine for the distributed web or there's no directory system in within it within the distributed web to sort of see what's interesting there so or maybe there is and i haven't found it yet uh but it really seems like you have to go to somewhere like Reddit or some forum that's talking about it somewhere just on the regular internet where someone's already published a set of links to take you over to these distributed web locations. So it's kind of interesting. I don't know. I've been liking it. It's kind of a uh, kind of fun to be checking out some stuff on it. Uh, what's the other stuff I had to talk about? I think I was trying to figure out some, some stuff on like my Mac laptop. I've been trying to set it up more so that it has the, the the full set of applications and features and utilities on it that I wanted. I've talked a little bit about that. Like I, I went ahead and I got the iStat menus application on there so I can look at the sensors that are in my MacBook. Uh, the, the, what is it, the the network in and out speeds that are current and the history of the the network up and down speeds, I guess over the last day or s- you know, seven days or you know, all that all that information's in there. The amount of disk space where all these different pieces of information you kinda want to know about your computer and your system and how it's working. I have Daisy Disc, which is one I've been using in the past a lot. It's a really cool or pretty good graphical way of sort of showing the a pie chart of what's taking up space on your hard drive. I've been using Gemini as a deduplication application to go through and find like different versions of photos that I don't really want to keep stored anymore which has been interesting to go through or, or just these just straight duplicates where you know the photo got pulled in it's just the raw version twice and it's you know there's no difference between it other than just one files named two something like that it's sort of silly so it's taking a a silly amount of space. This has been a good program to kind of find some of those programs and then eliminate them. And it's good also to showing you, like, uh, or letting you compare. Like, I hey, think these two are said to be the same. Do you want me to kind of automatically go through and take them out? I don't really recommend that. It seems like it's best to sort of go through and select a number of them and start pulling them out, uh, was sort of with some thought and care to it. It seemed like that made a difference to me when I did it. So. It might make a difference if you try to do it, too. Another app that I, uh, I jumped onto was the Magnet app, which sort of reproduces some of the functionality you started seeing in Windows 7 now in Windows 10 where the, the windows, like if you have a, a, a some, some window up in some program and you drag it over to the left side, it'll snap to the left side and then kind of fill that side of the screen. Or if you drag it straight up, it'll fill the full screen. If you bring it over to the right side, it'll fill that right side of the screen. That snapping stuff
1: isn't really on the
0: Mac. It's uh, always sort of been set up to do these sort of multi-window painting things, but I kind of like it snapping over to the side and it helps when you have some bigger monitors too, where it, uh, you know, it can kind of grab over to a side with you if you have a couple programs. So I got this program called Magnet. It's one of the top selling paid apps in the app store. There's a few different competitors too that people seem to be interested in also, but I got this one, it was working great enough. It's a little different than the, the way that the Windows one does it, but it's fine. Uh, and it adds the, the functionality that I was looking for, which is a great, great benefit for me. Uh, the other one, the other utility that I was picking up was Paste, the Paste app, which I think is kind of interesting. It's um, it's like a clipboard app. So every computer, I think, you know, I know, since we started getting graphical user interfaces, I think since, as I recall, Windows 3.1 had you know a clipboard in it. But that's when you do the, the copy-paste stuff. If you copy... Uh, or cut, copy, or paste. If you cut or copy something, it goes onto your clipboard, and then when you paste it, it's pulled off the clipboard and pasted in to where it's going to go. But really, the computer convention, for whatever reason, is just set to that. You can only copy or cut one item at a time. And if you cut again or copy again, there's really no history of it or there's no way to track back the, the level of things that you've had copied or cut if you want to paste those in. So it can kind of s- add into some frustrations. But uh, this clipboard utility, Paste, the Paste app, I think is set to sort of store like snippets and and pieces of information that you're going to try and pull up and use repeatedly over time through like your workflow. So I th- was trying to figure out a way to do that. I'm doing a bunch of SEO stuff like I was saying on that website. So going through and having like a like a you know this is a block of links this is a block of explanation text this is like a great meta tag this is for this zone if i have all that sort of laid out that's a great workflow where i can just kind of pull up it sort of it's like um it's visually the the, the ui is that you hit like a command on the keyboard it'll pull up the bottom third of the screen and you have this history this row this like timeline of all the different times that you've copied something over to your clipboard and you can go back to as far as a month or maybe even more than that, and it, it'll share it with iCloud too. So if you have different computers, you can have this app on there, and you can kind of share everything on your clipboard around. It's kind of interesting, and it's a, a cool little, I don't know, little uh, useful Mac utility if you are so inclined to do co- copy paste. But I don't know. I you know a lot of people seem to survive with just uh, what is it? Command Command C Command V. I guess I have up until this point, but I thought I'd try it out. It was, uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun. So most of this podcast has been brought to you by using Cakewalk Sonar, brought to you by BandLab. Maybe I talked about this a little bit, but uh, BandLab is a website or a company, and I guess it made a purchase of the software Cakewalk Sonar that had been for a short time previously owned by Gibson Guitar Company since like no, 2011 or something like that. Uh, so interestingly, a couple years ago or something, they Gibson said, "Hey, we're not going to do any more updates to the Sonar software." So that's just sort of abandoned. But Sonar was like one of the professional DAW editors for a lot of multi-track recording studios, especially stuff that you know that was uh, that was PC based, PC based recording, other than maybe Audition or Reaper, Tractor uh, There's a bunch of other stuff out there, but Sonar, I've been cakewalk, and Sonar, had have been one of the standing multi-track recorders out there. So. I guess it was purchased by this company Bandlab. They're continuing continuing to do updates and development in the software. Uh, and it's available for free now, which is pretty cool. So you can go to bandlab.com, you download like their installer software and yeah, you can just uh, download a full functioning version of the 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 top of the line Sonar, was it Cakewalk Platinum Studio that had come out a couple years ago. And so that's what I'm recording into right now. It's uh, a pretty nice layout. It's working fine on this uh, this older Windows 10 machine that I'm working on right now. And it's pretty fun. I'm having a good time uh, recording into it through the audio interface that I've got going, the H4n mm-hmm. with the XLR inputs coming in left and right into it. And then it's uh, the, the two in, two out USB interface. So it's just going over like a USB cable out into the computer and it seems like we're getting great uh, preamp quality a lot better than we did with the what is it the AD the audio digital converter that's in this unit apparently you have to take like an analog signal and then crunch that down into data and then get that into the computer so that this doc can record the you know the wave whatever it's going to do in apparently it's getting like technology does it's getting progressively better over time so i guess a lot of the things that used to be maybe very expensive for ad conversions are now a bit better or, or higher fidelity or you know, I don't know just a full bit uh, what is it, like CDs are 16-bit, and maybe there's like 32-bit AD conversion or 64-bit AD conversion. So it's probably just a level of recording sampling that's, or maybe that's even just different altogether. I don't really know the process of AD conversion, but what I do know is that this one that I have, that's about 10 years newer than the other one I had, seems to have uh, way better preamps, maybe is what I'd say, but just the way that it's able to control the sound as it comes in, uh, seems like it's it's much better and doesn't really contain that it's sort of like this weak digital sound is sort of the best way i would describe it something that you would have with like early sound cards and stuff like that too where it's it, it just didn't really sound like it had like a full quality of the track to it when you recorded it so i don't know kind of silly interesting stuff but yeah this one sounds a lot better than the other one did and the other one was pretty good for its time it was a lot better than the sound cards that would have been available for for me and uh, i mean that's what i was using to record stuff even up to just a couple months ago So, yeah, using the H4n, again, got the keyboard in here ready to go. I need to figure this out with some other cool stuff. There was, like, I don't know, it's a setup with a piano sound for a while. And I switched it over to this nice uh, little pad sound. It's pretty cool. On the Mac, I'm pretty frustrated. I'm on the PC now, right? So, on the Mac, there's this great program, I think, by Rogue Amoeba called Farrago, something like that. It's this really cool... uh, what would you call like soundboard app where you can kind of trigger you can hit a key right like that but it'll trigger some sound that you have some you know just some patch of sound that you have as a clip in that spot so you can build your own soundboard so you have a keyboard you can punch in like all these different sounds that would play through your computer that you can record and stuff i really want to use it but it's only it's like apple mac only and i can't put it on this pc shoot so i think uh what was it discord that the chat and call communications platform app that uh, a lot of gamers use. I guess there's like a couple soundboard utilities that those guys use on the Windows side. So there might be something in there where I can do a MIDI controller to have in the background to to grab out a couple patches the thing i'm trying to do though right really is to figure out like the midi controller that's in cakewalk and see if i can build my own set of patches like i only need like three or four and then i can i can hotkey those and record like oh this one that'll be like the intro music and that'll be the outro music and this will be i don't know some some amusing sound sound bite that i can drop in right that's what i need (laughs) <laughs> so probably not though uh but i'll try and figure something out with it it's kind of fun kind of fun goofing around with it really i'm not sure if I'll, I'll use this keyboard a lot in the podcasting process but other to other than to annoy the uh the poor well i was gonna say folks but probably just folk just one or two people that are uh, that are <laughs> poorly making the choice to check out this long-winded podcast so thank you if you made it all the way to 20 minutes and 50 seconds into this program So yeah, uh, it's kind of fun doing all this audio stuff and working in Cakewalk and Sonar and learning about some audio recording stuff. I got the multi-tracking stuff set up pretty well, so I can do do this input, I can do an input into the mic over to the left of me, and then again, got the keyboard in here, got the MIDI controller set up to, to do some recording too. So that recorded out to a wave. And that'll put together another episode, I'm sure you're excited, of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast uh, that I'll, I'll be able to, I guess, throw up on to my website maybe in the next 24 hours or so. I got to make that part easier. That's the thing that I want to make a little bit more fun is the next, like, I don't know, 40 minutes or so is just trying to, like, get everything open and get this file loaded into my WordPress site. It's got to be, like, a more automated way to do that, right? Hmm. I should look into that. Maybe that's the sort of automation stuff I need to try and figure out. But that should do it for me. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. If you want to check out more things about me or from me, you can go to BillyNewmanPhoto.com to see some of my pictures or some of the blog post stuff that I put up. Or you can shoot me an email. Find me on the contact page, something like that. Let me know about what you think of this podcast. Anyway, thanks a lot for checking out this episode. We'll talk again soon.